Are you struggling to hire diverse tech talent? After all, every organization in the world is now a tech company. And the ability to attract, hire, and retain tech talent from all backgrounds is critical to their success. Enter Hackajob, a reverse marketplace that actively vets engineers. We flip the traditional model on its head, meaning companies apply to engineers versus candidates applying to jobs, with companies getting an 85% response rate to candidates they reach out to, as well as exposure to tech talent that directly meets their organization's diversity objectives. Companies such as S&P Global, CarMax, and Sensor Tower are all using Hackajob. Why not join them? Go to hackajob.com slash cheese to get your free 30-day trial today. Go to hackajob.com slash cheese to get your free 30-day trial today. Hide your kids. Lock the doors. You're listening to HR's most dangerous podcast. Chad Sowash and Joel Cheeseman are here to punch the recruiting industry right where it hurts. Complete with breaking news, rash opinion, and loads of snark. Buckle up, boys and girls. It's time for the Chad and Cheese Podcast. Oh, yeah. I'm back after missing last week's show, baby. Richard Branson went to space, and I went to Kentucky. What's up, boys and girls? It's your favorite podcast, a.k.a. the Chad and Cheese Podcast. This is your co-host, Joel Rocketman Cheeseman. This is Chad Italia Sowash. And on this week's show, Google for Jobs isn't playing anymore, y'all. LinkedIn keeps getting played, and who wants to play a game of M&A? Just about everyone, apparently. You already know that Sovereign makes the world's best resume CV parser, but... Did you know that Sovereign also makes the world's best AI matching engine? Only Sovereign's AI matching engine goes beyond the buzzwords. With Sovereign, you control how the engine thinks. With every match, the Sovereign engine tells you what matched and exactly how each matching document was scored. And if you don't agree with the way it scored the matches, you can simply move some sliders to tell it to score the matches your way. No other engine on earth gives you that combination of insight and control. With Sovereign, matching isn't some frustrating black box, trust us, it's magic, one-shot deal like all the others. No. With Sovereign, matching is completely understandable, completely controllable, and actually kind of fun. Sovereign. Software so human, you'll want to take it to dinner. Did you miss me, man? Yeah, I, all I could think about is you by the campfire with s'mores and the kids and <laughs> mosquito repellents. Yeah, no, I was I was envious. I was really envious. <laughs> you were envious. Well, anytime you want to take my place, uh, you're more than welcome. I, I, I enjoy about 15% of camping. <laughs> and it's usually between the hours of like six and nine when it is the campfire. It is, you know, whatever you're eating, it's drinking, yeah. it's uh, cooling down. But yeah, it's sleeping <laughs> on the ground. Nobody sleeps. Everybody's grumpy. It's hot as shit in Kentucky this time of year, by the way. Anyway, welcome back. Uh, it's good to be back in the, the comforts of air conditioning and, uh, you know, civilization. It's yeah. nice to be back. Yeah, nice it, back. it was like, well, I got to give a shout out to, to Julie for for stepping up. Last minute, last week, and uh, in filling in, uh, yeah. she did. She did a great job. She's a podcaster, so she kind of does this thing. Glad she could fill in while I was uh, scratching my mosquito bites. Shout out for me to Richard Branson. Uh, I'm sure you saw this in the news. Uh, billionaires going in space, something we did 55, 60 years ago. But now it's celebrated because rich people are doing it. Uh, shout out to him. And I can't wait to shout out to Jeff Bezos when he does it. Uh, let's hope that he doesn't die in a horrible accident coming back to Earth because that would break your heart. I know. In his giant penis machine. Yes, <laughs> I I can see that. Yeah. Why don't these guys just sword fight with their cocks and get it over with? Like, put the money to, I don't know, uh, global warming, hunger. Yeah. Uh, Don't spend it going into space. Well, and Richard Branson doing the whole, oh, as a kid, and I wish everybody, and it's like, motherfucker, you just wanted to spend your money on this ride. It's what you wanted to do. Just say it. You didn't want to spend it on Mm -hmm. world hunger. You didn't want to spend it on anything with regard to 
making lives better. I mean, you just wanted to take the ride. That's what you wanted. Just fucking say it, dude. Come on. Yeah, and the fact that he moved it up to go before Bezos really kind of tells you where this whole thing is. It's yeah. like the 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 mother load of midlife crises with these guys. <laughs> well, uh, uh, but we do have tough. some winners, though, kids. The UEFA Euro 2020, and Joel and I, we both picked England. Like I said, my heart was was with Italy. I wanted Italy to win, but I thought. England had the easiest route in, their easiest group. They're on the easiest side of the bracket after beating Germany. They really had an easy way all the way into the finals. And yet, Italy, after beating Belgium and really getting smacked around, uh, you know, a little bit, they they played a match, dude. It was pretty awesome. Yeah, I'm going to save a lot of my commentary for our European show. So, kids, (laughs) make sure you go... Go check that out. But uh, you know, by the numbers, Italy should have won. Easily. God damn, what a choke job by England. Yeah. And while we're on sports, can we come back to America for a second? So oh uh, I think it's 13 days before training camp for the real football Ooh, uh, yes. happens. I'm excited for that. And the NBA finals are all tied up as we, we record this podcast. And, and more winners. We've got uh, Rocket Matt out of Brazil, $1.5 million in funding. Uh, Barb Francilo. Is that how you say it? Francilo? I don't know. Okay. She won beer. Francilo, I think. She won <laughs> beer from Adzuna. So she's, uh, she's loving her life right now with a fucking big stack of beer that was uh, dropped on her front door and Rob Arndt wins uh, wins whiskey. Yeah, yeah. And speaking of Barb, she's she's down there in Phoenix, so she can enjoy that beer awesome. while she roots on her sons. Uh, and if you haven't signed up for free shit, what's wrong with you? There are real winners. These are real people. Head out to chadcheese.com slash free. Give us your info. And we just draw it out of a hat. And they get free free booze, uh, free booze and T-shirts uh, by Emissary are all an option when you sign up for free. So do that today if you haven't, kids. Shout out to Candace Parker. Uh, she was announced the first woman ever on the NBA 2K. That's a video game, kids. Uh, cover. Awesome basketball player and quite a looker, by the way, Candace is. She's the first woman to be on the cover. It brought Shaquille O'Neal to tears on TV. So it's kind of a big moment in the world of sports and equity. He's a sensitive guy, though. He that is. Track. He's big. big. He's brawny, but he's sensitive. And that's okay. It's just, this is 2021, Joel. Yep. Uh, if, <laughs> if you're out there and you're listening and you have topics or articles you believe we should be digging into here on the show, well, mosey on over to Twitter and share them using hashtag Chad Cheese or tag us. Uh, you can also tag us on LinkedIn. Uh, or just go to chadcheese.com, bottom of the page, click on the contact us button and engage. We we enjoy it. Yep. Shout out to uh to Instawork. Uh this this show is so jam-packed with news. This thing is a shout out. So Instawork announced a $60 million Series C raise in financing, bringing it bringing its total funding to $100 million. Shout out to Instawork, man. Uh in any other week you'd be a main headline, but this week you're you're just a <laughs> shout out. Sorry. Just a shout out. Today's going to be the M&A, M&A version. You ready for some topics? Oh my god. No, I've got a few more. Shout outs to Boomer LA Times this week reports that uh, 10,000 boomers are retiring every day in this country. That's going to open up some new jobs for a lot of people and probably some real estate. Shout out to Trump, who keeps the fundraising enterprise going by suing big tech. Uh, Imagine the the funds that are coming in on that for all the Trump followers. And you know that nothing's going to this (laughs) this quote unquote suing. No, He got on a news channel, put a Fox News mic in front of him, started Mm -hmm. talking about suing somebody. And please donate to my, you know, my campaign of suing these assholes. And all he's going to do is bank it. He's going to bank it. And I love how old white dudes cling to, quote unquote, cancel culture. No, asshole. You broke the rules. These are called the consequences. These, This is what happens when you do stupid shit. And by the way, when you do donate, you'll be defaulted into the ongoing monthly donations, <laughs> whether you, you want to do that or not. By the way, there's a new book on Facebook uh, that's pretty pretty revealing. Uh, I'm, I'm going to check that out and maybe report back on that. <laughs> Otherwise, we have a few birthdays to mention. Uh, Ooh, Bill nice. Fisher from Vonk. 
He celebrates a birthday this week. Will Staney from Proactive Talent. Nice. Christian Anderson. If you don't remember, Christian Anderson was the PR guy for Jobster. Oh, yeah. And dealing dealing with that PR nightmare had to be fun. He's way out of this industry, but Christian, happy birthday to you. Jason Morris, founder of Employee Screen IQ and my former boss and client. He celebrates a birthday. And Jeff Hunter, founder of Talentism, also the former uh, head of talent at EA and I think Bose. Really great guy. He sort of uh, disappeared. He used to blog a lot, but he celebrates a birthday. A lot of people getting older in our industry and shout out to those folks. Topics! Google for jobs. Who would have thought this? What? So uh, a little bit here. Google is adding direct apply markup and new editorial guidelines for job postings. No traffic for you, which you coined. Uh, I'll I'll let you get in that in a second. The new guidelines include rules around obstructive text and images, Mm -hmm. excessive and destructive ads or content that doesn't add any value to the job posting. Getting next. What he got on no jobs for you, <laughs> dude. So it was funny because I remember we talked about Google Hire being like a twenty percent time project, a hobby. We automatically got calls from uh, the Google team on that one. Seriously, Google for Jobs has felt like a twenty percent project because it's been a shitty experience the entire time. Now these new changes, where they're going to be focusing on, uh, really looking for feeds with spam jobs, better user experience, uh, whether you know that the the organization is asking for registration, if there's any excessive or obstructive pop-up ads, updating your feeds to make sure that you don't have expired jobs in them, mm-hmm. masking old jobs with new date. That's a biggie. That's a total tomfuckery right there. That's when yeah. you know if somebody's doing that, kill their feed kill their feed. They're doing nothing but trying to game the system. Uh, And then adding data that wasn't really, uh, wasn't originally on the job, like salary, which I thought was interesting because you see Indeed and you see a ton of other organizations who do this to try to make more of a robust type of, uh, of job listing. But if it wasn't on the job in the first place, should it really be there? Google says no. Get that shit mm-hmm. off there. Uh, but the direct apply thing, I think, is the markup itself. That's big. Yeah, for sure. So uh, in addition to, I guess, the anti-spam uh, moves, which are, are surprising and probably uh, fantastic from a user's perspective, uh, they added uh a new direct apply property to the job posting structured data. This property gives websites an optional way to share if your job listing offers a direct apply experience right from Google search. Google defines a direct apply experience in terms of the actions that are required from the users to apply to the job. This means that a user is offered a short and simple application process on your page without unnecessary intermediate steps. If the user has to click apply, complete an application form, sign in or log in more than once in the application journey, it means that you aren't offering a direct apply experience. No traffic for you. This is really, really interesting on a few levels. Mm-hmm. Um, I do want to echo your your sentiment about the old Google, Google versus the new Google. Yeah. And 15 years ago, Google probably would have looked at all the spam and criticism uh, like people like you and me give them and would have just said, fuck it and shut the whole thing down. Uh, now they're digging in and caring about the product, which I think maybe maybe a component of lawsuits around the world and and they're gonna have to pay media companies a lot of money yes <laughs> which we'll we'll also talk about i think in the the european show but in while they're paying media companies uh to put their news onto google they'll be simultaneously sticking the knife in their back <laughs> as they take their classifieds <laughs> their classifieds money uh with google for jobs and and other other components so i wanted to put that out there but the direct apply is is huge. I mean, if if particularly ATSs figure out how they can allow users of Google for jobs to apply directly from Google, mm-hmm. is Game Changer too much of hyperbole around that? Because if you can do that, one, people don't even need to go to sites anymore, which they haven't really been doing anyway. And we've been hearing a lot about no one's going to job sites anymore and no one's clicking on jobs anymore. But it also really fucks fucks you if you if you make your business by 
pay-per-click ads or clicking on ads because if no one's clicking they're and they're applying directly from Google, that's taking out the middleman almost entirely. So if, if this thing takes off and they work with the ATSs and like I think it's it's big potentially for the LinkedIn's where people trust and they maybe have data already in LinkedIn to apply easily, that's huge. Now, people like Alex Murphy have thrown out the, the issue of well, is there pre-screening in that? Is there any kind of like just basic level? Otherwise, it's just sort of a, a CRM and you're capturing data. So it's still left to be determined exactly how this looks and if people will actually embrace it. But if it works right, holy shit, it's it's a big deal for sure. I think for the most part, what they're looking at right now for direct apply is that if I am applying for a job at IBM, when I click on that job, does it send me to a job posting on Glassdoor or Monster, right? That's not direct. But if I click on that job and it sends me to the actual job posting on mm-hmm. IBM, well, mm-hmm. that is direct. Now, there are other editorial pieces on the guideline process for user experience. And that's when you dig deeper into it. So first and foremost, you have many different components. The first component is that direct apply component. Is it direct? If it has to go through an actual job board itself before they apply directly mm-hmm. to, then then it's not direct, right? And you'll be let's say penalized. But when you're talking about the actual process methodology and taking half an hour to fill out a fucking application, that's an entirely different conversation and you could be penalized as well. Mm -hmm. So job boards could, in some effect, whether they're a direct apply or not, could still rank higher than jobs on applicant tracking systems because the user experience is shit on many applicant tracking systems. And that's not the fault of the applicant tracking system in many cases. In many cases, it's because the company has some old ass process methodology, which they haven't changed in 10, 15, 20 years. So my interpretation was that, that there was actually applying from Google for jobs that you didn't have to click on anything and go to any site, but you could also do it as going directly to apply. Yeah. But you can't, you don't have your information available on Google to be able to just push it into an applicant tracking system. I think, I think that's something that could come later, but they're not right. close so to when that. do they when do they launch Google resume or Google profile or something? You know, if you're using Google Docs, you could have it in a Google Doc as it is. And if you uh, if you hit apply, ooh. you can choose, you know, apply with, you know, a Google Doc or whatever, right? So there there's some yep. opportunities that could happen there with their current infrastructure of uh, their, their, their G Suite. But overall, I, that's not going to happen right out of the gate. No, no way. I think the summary is Google can cares about this shit. And if you thought they were just going to ignore it and go away, you're probably mistaken. And performance-based ads, baby, that's the next step, right? They're cleaning this up so that they can say, okay, look, now we have better rules in place. We've been doing this long enough. We know where we're getting scammed. We know where people are actually gaming us. Mm -hmm. We've put these rules in place. Now we can start doing performance-based ads. Follow the money, Chad, is my mantra. <laughs> and speaking of following the money, we got some fucking M&A action that went on went on this week. Which one do you want to start with? We got Yellow, Hierology, and Circa. Let's go with Yellow and Way Up. All right. What's going on there? You did a shred on it. Yep. Yellow, and this is from the press release, Yellow, the leader in early talent and campus recruitment and way up, the leader in DEI and diversity sourcing announced that the companies are joining forces, aka they're merging. The way up team will be joining Yellow and way up co-founders will play major roles in the combined company. I got to give a shout out to Madeline Lorano over at Aptitude Research for inviting me into interview with her, uh, Liz Wessel, who's CEO of Way Up, and Corey Farengal, who's the CEO of Yellow earlier this week. And whether I don't know if you know this or not, Joel, but uh, Liz has been a longtime Chad and Cheese junkie, and uh, she actually has uh, kind of like a, a podcast book club uh, at Way Up. <laughs> there needs to be a uh, an opioid for that addiction. <laughs> 
what struck me was so WayUp's total funding was is thirty seven million. Yeah. They were founded in two thousand fourteen. Yellow's total funding is forty six million. They're the old dog here. They've been around since two thousand eight, apparently. So an acquisition by those two companies was sort of, I guess, valued at the same. I'm 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 struggling with how the deal went down um, and how how somebody had enough money to pay for it. And I. I one of the things from the college perspective that I find fascinating is sort of how quickly Handshake has impacted um, that industry. And I'm not an expert on the college recruiting scene, but but clearly Handshake has has made a huge dent in that whole that whole ecosystem. So for me, this is a little bit of uh, from from my perspective. I've talked about, you know, hey, if two dinosaurs can cuddle together, you know, do they survive the asteroid longer than those that don't? To me, this is like two companies that are sort of, they're not Handshake. Handshake is taking all the oxygen out of the room. These guys getting together and saying, hey, if we partner up, this diversity thing is big. Companies have budgets specifically now for diversity and they Mm -hmm. have new money in those budgets. So it's like, let's join forces. Let's get some of that diversity cabbage and take on Handshake. Am I correct in that per- perception or am I off? Think of it this way. Handshake and Simplicity, both of those platforms, they own probably 80% of the market with regard to college recruiting platforms, yeah. right? But that's the old model. Yellow and Way Up would be the entirely new model. Right. So if I'm an employer and I go to, you know, all these different schools, I'm using different platforms to be able to do on campus recruiting. Mm -hmm. Well, why don't I just have my own platform? Right. I should be building my own talent pipelines. Why don't I just have my own platform? And in a couple of different areas, first and foremost, yellow is that enterprise platform. Now, what WayUp does is they have about 10 to 30,000 students signing up with Mm -hmm. them every week. So instead of having something that is just built inside of the university that sucks all the cash out of it, yeah, why not have an SMB model where small companies can go and pay a, a, a small fee to be able to, to get candidates from wherever and whatever university? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, they're, they're touting 6 million candidates, a database of 6 million candidates, uh, recent graduates and students from more than 7,000 campuses. Uh, and they're claiming 71% are black, Hispanic or female, as well as tens of thousands of veterans. So they're clearly doing something right. From what you're saying is these two, these two companies combined are going to be a, a major force in college campus recruiting. I think even though I sound so so bullish about it that this is ve- really a shot in the dark because the college recruiting industry in itself is built in the 1950s and it still is there. So trying to drag it out of that is going to be incredibly hard for any organization. But I do see handshake and simplicity as the old model. And then the combination of way up and and yellow as the new bottle. We'll yeah. see which one wins. Yeah, and it's it's tough because you got when something like that happens, you think where is change going to happen? And in this model, you would say like, well, the students probably don't give a shit. They're not out there with pitchforks saying get rid of the ca- the career center. Well, they're just not using them. Companies are probably where it should happen, but. We've heard stories of if you if you screw over the college, then you get moved down the list of uh, the job fair prime real estate uh, corner or whatever. Like, I don't know if we can mention his name, but the conversation we had on LinkedIn was like companies are afraid to cross the college because they're afraid that they'll they'll get, you know, non-preferential treatment at the next job fair if they go do something outside of the college campus. How many students actually utilize the college career center? It's not over 50%. That's for fucking sure. Back in the 90s, Chad, I used to live at the career center. That's only because they had hot chicks that work there. <laughs> that is true. That is true. All right. We still got Hierology and Circa. All Who right. What do you want next? Hierology buys employ us. So Hierology, friend of the show, uh, yep. the leading recruitment CRM built for multi-location decentralized enterprises. Wow, marketing, <laughs> you need to work on that. Announced the acquisition of employee referral technology provider Employ Us. No figures were disclosed, which means to me it was on bargain basement pricing. TJ Maxx, baby. Yep. 
Yeah, I, I think core platforms, especially niche and SMB, they need to be able to provide a reason for hiring companies with the disparate locations to not just go to ZipRecruiter, mm-hmm. right? And this is this is the biggest issue. Employee referrals are all already one of the best sources for hiring, right? So why do I need a fucking platform to do that? That's a good question, Chad. And the platform didn't strike me as, you know, superior innovation. Uh, It was sort of like email your email, your employees and say, do you know anybody for this job or text them the same thing? My question is, I mean, we know referral programs work. They continually be are they are continually the number one source of hire or new hires in a company. My my question is, and this is more for you because this is your lane. As we get more into referral programs and diversity, uh, that seems to me like a collision course uh, for disaster. Because refer- at its heart, to me, referral programs are recommend people that you know for this job. Friends of Bob. So at the end of the day, if if you're really focused on referral programs, then your whole company just looks like each, everybody looks like each other. Yeah. And I know that's general generalizing, but that's kind of what it is, right? If you want to really inject diversity into your organization, it seems to me like referral programs have to figure that out and good luck with that. What are your thoughts on that? I mean, it, it feels like if we're really focused on diversity, then, then referral programs kind of suck. Well, it, that's that's a company issue, not a referral program issue. Because if you are working on your foundational diversity efforts and you are hiring people of color and more females and so on and so forth, then what you're going to do is you're going to amplify that, right? Mm-hmm. So, you know, that's not a that's not an employee referral issue. That's a that's a foundational corporate issue, right? And so but but that's a good question because you've got to fix the foundational issue before you actually start the employee which referral. i think is where a lot of companies are or I, most companies yeah I, I i would think so but i'm you know i'm not 100 percent sure i mean this is a journey where companies really have to focus on and they should be transparent about it and most aren't you know they, their workforce composition mm-hmm. and at that point you challenge yourself publicly to do better and as you do better you start to institute employee referral programs which could if done correctly amplify Mm -hmm. diversity within your organization. That's, I mean, and that's from the ground up for the most part. So yeah, I I think, I think there are two different problems. You have to have that foundational change made before you can really institute the employee Mm -hmm. referral piece. Do we know of any referral software out there that sort of incentivizes bringing diverse, diverse candidates? Because that seems like that would be a solid business that would get a lot of money because it's diversity. First off, again, I don't believe a referral platform is going to help you there. What I do believe though, if you do focus on your DEI efforts and you want to be able to amplify them, then you should be doing referrals. And like a, a company like Real Links, who, you know, Sam out of uh, out of London, yeah. um, I've been working with them for a little while. They've got an amazing platform that is focused on engagement. That's one of the issues that most employee referral platforms have is keeping employees engaged and yeah. actually using the platform. If you've done your job as a company, and you have created that diverse foundation uh, of a workforce, mm-hmm. then a platform like Real Links is one that you can plug in. But again, I don't see an employee an employee referral platform answering any DEI uh, initiatives by itself. By the way, Hireology has raised a total of sixty million. Uh, employ us raised right. seven hundred fifty thousand back in two thousand fourteen. So your uh, your guess that it was probably a discounted purchase, something that Hireology could easily do, is probably correct. Yeah, and they've added that technology to their platform. Last but not least, we have Circa buying LatPro. So yep. Circa announced back to the, the future the purchase <laughs> of Colorado based LatPro, uh, doing business as Diversity Jobs, a leading recruit. Uh, diversity recruitment and OFCCPHR compliance technology solution provider. Uh, no figures were disclosed on the deal. LatPro CEO Eric Shannon, who mm-hmm. is a stalwart and a veteran in this industry, is off to another adventure right out of the gate. This to me is fairly simple. Circa is consistently adding to their diversity and compliance portfolio. The acquisition mm-hmm. of AJE was huge. Yeah. 
you know, what, about a year or so ago. Mm -hmm. And this is a continued march toward becoming the best in the space. Overall, though, I got to say that, you know, seeing Eric Shannon out of the space gets, you know, gets a guy a little misty. Yeah. Yeah. Eric wasn't even mentioned on the PR. So that's how gone he is. But but that's how Eric is, man. He likes to be behind the curtain. He he doesn't like the limelight. He's an interesting cat. Yeah. Yeah. I had a few conversations with him back in the day. But so I think a history lesson is interesting for the kids out there uh, real quick. In addition to just Eric Shannon, you know, before social media, uh, diverse recruiting usually meant you had a good URL, like diversity was in it, and maybe some search rankings for searches around diversity jobs, which made diversityjobs.com pretty valuable. I mean, they totally nailed uh, nailed it. And employers, you know this firsthand, employers were able to check off diversity for EEOC or whoever else because they were advertising on these sites. Since then, with social media, sourcing, AI, all kinds of, of tools, the old ways of targeting diversity candidates were kind of antiquated, to say the least. So I think Eric probably saw the writing on the wall that he wasn't going to be able to sort of milk that diversity jobs cow much longer and that he needed to put the company into hands with more resources and maybe the ability to, to provide more services. I think the big play here for, for, for a Circa was they're getting 15 some years of clients <laughs> you yeah. care about diversity yep. and are Portfolio. willing to spend money on that. Like that is huge. I mean, just the client base that Eric has, has, has built over the last 15 years. That's where the value is. Not so much the diversityjobs.com domain. Portfolio doesn't hurt. That's for fucking sure. A, a name that people are used to, not to mention a line item that people have been paying for 10 years, right? It's like when you get on to uh, a federal contractor's buy list, uh, mm-hmm. it's hard to get on, but it sure, it's almost impossible to get off. Yeah. And Eric was probably ready to go. He was probably ready to go. He's in a bunker somewhere in Colorado. Yeah. Let's take a quick break. Okay, listener, how can you help your employees become more productive? I have answers. How about automating manual and repetitive tasks, giving meaning to data, then allowing that data to actually drive decisions? And how about matching people to your jobs quicker? Well, wait. The Chat and Cheese has a new LLM? No, Cheeseman. I'm talking about Text Kernel. Ah, okay. That makes more sense. What I'm hearing is the groundbreaking concept of, wait for it, yeah, simplicity. <laughs> seriously, though, seriously. Text Kernel cuts through the complexities like a tortilla chip through some hot nacho cheese. Oh, my God. Really? Nacho references already. Anyways. TextKernel brings efficiency and productivity to your operations. TextKernel seamlessly unifies your tools and data to drive efficiencies and success. TextKernel is creating new opportunities for your recruitment journey. Kind of like adding guac to my barbacoa burrito. Oh my God. How about extracting meaningful insights from data? I mean, that that's something. Swiftly matching yeah. people with jobs, automating repetitive tasks. Who knew such advanced concepts were even possible in the land of human resources? Uh, we did, Chad. We did. Dude, wrap it up. I'm a little hungry. Imagine that. Uh, okay, listener. Get ready to use today's tech to drive efficiencies and productivity. Visit textkernel.com. That's T-E-X-T-K-E-R-N-E-L.com. Mmm, nachos. Last year's Summer to Evolve saw us bring together some of the biggest names in talent acquisition, presenting exciting content to help us learn and grow in these evolving times. This year, we're back to do it all again, taking our eight weeks of virtual sessions on tour for the Summer to Evolve road trip presented by Jobvite. Virtually visiting locations around the world, we're excited to share more talent acquisition tips, tricks and best practices with you. Visit thesummertoevolve.com to learn more. Unicorns, unicorns everywhere. Everywhere. Oh my God. I told you this show was going to be our white album. (laughs) 
So George LaRock, our buddy, is at it again. Uh, so he tracks money that goes in and out of the industry. Uh, so global investment in work tech exceeded $4.9 billion in the second quarter of 2021, resulting in an 18-quarter average of $1.2 billion. The quarter's investment was spread across 91 deals. Uh, Q2 of 2021 was the biggest quarter for VC investment in work techs. In work tech, since George started tracking all this shit back in 2007, the amount catapults this year to the biggest ever for global work tech VC investment already combined combined with Q1 of 21 previous record setting quarter of 2.7 billion 7.62 billion was invested globally in work tech the first half of this year yes. surpassing the biggest year in the category by more than 2 billion dollars Holy shit, Chad. Nine unicorns were added to the list. Uh, those are varying degrees of work tech. Uh, mm-hmm. You've got Loom, Handshake, Degreed, Allen, which does health mainly, mainly for employees, Eightfold, Phenom, Safety Culture, Deal, which is payroll, and Vizier. And we're going to add uh, another one to the list here once we get done talking about these nine. Your thoughts? Yeah. So you and I had a bet and uh, I'm winning that bet. <laughs> Human capital management uh, tech represented uh, about $3 billion this quarter, uh, which dwarfed uh, talent acquisition and talent management. They were both hovering around a, a billion apiece, which means in the year over year prediction segment, my friend, yeah, I'm beating your ass handily. Don't forget I picked ZipRecruiter to go IPO three, <laughs> three years in a row and they finally did it. Don't forget that. Uh, but if you take a look at the deals, it's 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 interesting because again, the U.S. just is killing it. Fifty nine mm-hmm. deals. Number two was the U.K. with seven, and France was number three with five. We're always having Europeans ask us why we believe our tech is so good. I I don't know, but it's getting a lot of money, guys. <laughs> uh, the subcategories were number one benefits. Number two, this surprised the hell out of me. Marketplace slash job boards. That was the the second most amount of money. Uh, mm-hmm. And then number three, core HR. Um, then the top three was work rise with 300 million, collective health with 280 million and bison out of China with 260 million. Mm-hmm. If you can't get cash right now, if you're a startup and you're a co-founder and you're listening to us, if you can't get cash right now, you are doing something wrong. <laughs> Can you say frothy? <laughs> I don't I don't know where all this goes. Like they, they all have to go IPO. Z- Zip recruiter being successful, I guess, is only going to spur, I guess it's going to the cur- the courage is going to flow. iSims is going to go at some point. Uh who knows smart recruiters, job bite, greenhouse, like all these guys are probably go IPO. All these guys that we talked about are going to go IPO. I I don't know if it ends well. I mean, for some of it will, but damn, there's a lot of money going into this space and I'm not sure. It feels it feels like a feeding frenzy. I'm not sure it's warranted. It is. And the reason it is, is because take a look at 2020, right? There was money spent, but yeah. you know, it wasn't it wasn't following the rise of 2019 because of the pandemic. Go figure. So you have all these pent up investors who have cash and they also see what's happening in the jobs market and they know remote work, hybrid work, people getting back to work, working all over the world. All of these things are new opportunities with new concepts and ideas. Now, are they all great? No, not even close. Maybe 10%. Yeah. Are great, uh, so I agree. There's going to be there's going to be a big shakeout, and they're going to be a lot who just fall, which always happens. But the amount of money that's being put in these companies is Fuck. just really, really nuts, dude. I guarantee you, some of them are putting money on the market with all that LinkedIn data that was stolen. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. We'll get to that in a second. I want to add another. So another yes. uh, company really quickly that will join George's unicorns list uh, will be remote who we've covered on uh, past shows. The company is a big play on yes. the work from home movement and provides a platform that enables client companies to onboard, pay and manage both contractors and full-time employees on distributed teams. Yes. Work from home again this week. They announced a $150 million series B 
That's a hell of a B round. The deal value the New York-based company at more than $1 billion. This follows the $35 million they raised back just in November of 2020. And they also had an $11 million seed round. That's mm-hmm. a hell of a seed round. Yes. The money will accelerate remote global expansion. Uh, it plans to be in 80 countries by the end of this year. Keep in mind, this company was founded in 2019. Yes. Talk about a fucking rocket ship worthy of Sir Richard Branson. So this is a boring fucking company, <laughs> but it is- got a great name. Necessary. So 2019, uh, they saw that obviously there was going to be this need. And again, it, it, luck and timing, right? <laughs> Nobody oh, yeah. knew about this pandemic thing, uh, but- from a timing standpoint, this platform helps an organization who wants to hire all over the world, mm-hmm. right? Without having to establish uh, an HQ in every single fucking country, right? So it, it makes it much easier for companies to do business. Yep. It, it's boring stuff. It is it is administrative. It sucks. Mm-hmm. I want somebody to do it for me. <laughs> oh, hey, look, remote. Remote will do it for me. <laughs> Holy shit. This story, I don't think, gets enough attention uh, in our space. And in fact, I I didn't know much about it. Uh, it gets a lot of news. It gets a lot of pub on like hacker sites. Oh yeah, and all that shit. So LinkedIn uh, recently experienced a huge data scrape. It was their third in four months uh, with six hundred million profiles. Keep in mind they have about eight hundred billion, I think, or eight hundred million. So six hundred million profiles are now on sale online. Uh, reports from various sources say the data is for sale on a hacker forum from an for an unknown sum. The sellers have shared sample profiles that include full names, email addresses, and of course professional titles and other work related data. The company, that's be, that's LinkedIn, is quick to point out that this was not a breach, so no passwords or payment data or whatever was stolen, uh, but it's still a big deal for a company that cares so much about their data. Remember, they're suing itty-bitty Q over scraping their public data while they're watching hackers take hundreds of millions of profiles. So, Chad, what's the discussion at LinkedIn HQ like this summer regarding their data? That's that's a hard one. I mean, it really is because it is public data. Let's face it. This is public data. And this is what they're actually fighting in the courts right now with IQ. So I think I think overall, LinkedIn's got to pick a side of the road. Are you going to be public? Mm hmm. Or are you going to be private? It's one or or the other. You can't have it both ways. And they have tried. Yeah. I mean, look, the old adage of if a product is free, you're the product, right? And and Facebook has had sort of no problem with selling data to, to third, third parties, whether it be for advertising or, or data Cambridge or analytics. Analytica. Yeah, for whatever, right? <laughs> For whatever reason, LinkedIn is sort of in this gray area of like, well, this is my professional profile. I don't want my data to be sort of freely uh, freely distributed where my boss can find out that I'm looking. I don't know what they do. They either pick a side and say, sorry, users, we're going to make money uh, on your free profile. They're already doing that. Good luck going somewhere else. But I mean, they're not telling people they're making money off LinkedIn's platform, but no one joins LinkedIn and thinks, oh, third parties can just access my data. Yeah, they can. They're called recruiter seats. Well, yeah, that's on that's on LinkedIn's. Yeah, platform. but they're still they're still you are still the product. It, it's 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 six of oh, one, half sure. dozen of the other. It doesn't matter whether LinkedIn. I mean, LinkedIn's going to make cash either way. But you are still the product. And yeah. to think that somebody is on LinkedIn and their boss doesn't know that is fucking ridiculous. This is not a monster resume database. In your world, open up the APIs, make a ton of money on the APIs and the data, and like let the good times roll, which I don't disagree with. They yes. just have to play a little bit of PR around I that. I have no clue why they're. I have no clue why they're so reticent to do this. I'm sure HiQ would much rather pay LinkedIn instead of their lawyers to get access to LinkedIn's data. Um, and yeah. I'm sure a ton of companies would follow suit. They could make a ton of money. It, it, it makes no sense <laughs> at all. It has been one of the most confusing decisions that I have seen from a quote unquote professional platform that everybody knows is already monetizing yeah. you and your data. 
they already are doing it every single fucking day, right? Yeah. So on paper, it's walled garden. You know, it stays here. We keep the money here. I mean, but they discounted hackers. They discounted scrapers. They discounted all all of that, and uh, they got to make some hard decisions. Yeah. Now, what do they decide? Is the question. This to me again is a leadership issue. This is yeah. the second week in the row that I've called out leadership. Last week I called out Indeed's leadership and said they need to clean house and get rid of all those fuckers because they don't know what they're doing at, at, at Indeed. <laughs> LinkedIn wise, I almost have to say the same thing. I mean, they have an opportunity to really streamline partnerships and also revenue opportunities, mm-hmm. but they keep playing this fucking game. And the reason that they do it, we all know because they want the opportunity to build it themselves later. Yeah. Okay. You can still do that. It's called competing products. Amazon does it all the time. <laughs> Which they may or may not get in trouble for in the next two years or so. But <laughs> let's take a break and my God, talk about TikTok. As the best ad tool in the industry, JobAdX has been providing job board publishers, direct employers, agencies, RPOs, and staffing firms, dynamic job bidding and real-time ad delivery through our programmatic job advertising exchange. When we started, we described JobAdX as AdSense for jobs. Now, we offer much more with Switchboard and LiveAlert, completing our full suite of dynamic programmatic advertising tools with the best of consumer ad tech. Switchboard offers our dynamic technologies to all partner job board feed management, and LiveAlert eliminates latency and expired job ads via email. For more information about any of our ad solutions, please reach out to us at joinus at jobadx.com. That's joinus at jobadx.com. JobAdX, the best ad tool providing smarter programmatic for all your advertising needs. Holy hell. As if Google getting serious about job search wasn't enough, here comes some more TikTok shit. Okay, so early this month, the company launched TikTok resumes. I can't believe I'm reporting this. As a pilot program designed to continue expanding and enhancing TikTok as a new channel for recruitment and job discovery, TikTok is teaming up with select companies and inviting job seekers to apply to entry-level and experienced positions with some of the world's most sought-after employers, including... Your favorite. Chipotle. Yep. Target. WWE. Shopify. And many more, according to the company release, with a TikTok video resume. Interested candidates are encouraged to creatively and authentically showcase their skill sets and experiences and use hashtag TikTok resumes in their caption when publishing their video resume to TikTok. TikTok resumes can be found in the app through hashtag TikTok resumes and at, they actually have a a site for this shit, TikTokResumes.com. Candidates are invited to peruse job listings Examples of standout TikTok videos, profiles of TikTok creators who create career or job-related content, and a submit videos for posted jobs are on the site. The webpage will be accessible through a number of entry points, including the TikTok Discover page. The program is accepting video resumes for U.S. job openings from July 7th through July 31st. Chad. Does this thing keep going after July 31st? Will the nightmare not end? No, it will not keep going because there's no way to actually go through all of this data in a scalable fashion. I mean, if I get if I get, you know, 110 TikTok resumes, <laughs> how do I I've got to look I've got to look through them every single one of them by video, right? I mean, it's to actually source and then screen candidates like this is a fucking nightmare. I've already mm-hmm. reached out to our friends over at Chipotle to see how in the hell they're going to <laughs> they're going to scale something like this cuz these guys they 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 hire hundreds of thousands of people nationwide. How do mm-hmm. you scale that? And have you seen some of the examples of resumes that they posted? Yes, like, I couldn't I couldn't I couldn't do it. I, it's I, mind-boggling. I I I've, love TikTok, but this just makes no sense. I've tried I've tried to go outside the box. I've tried to admit maybe I'm just an old fucker and figure out why is TikTok doing this because all the reasons you mentioned it makes it a horrible idea. Are they doing it for like public uh public approval, political approval? Like I I keep thinking there's like some deep, dark reason why TikTok would give a shit about resumes and employers. Maybe it's funneled them into advertising. So I, it just, 
It's I really can't figure it out. If someone knows, please, please slide <laughs> into my DMs and explain it to me. Remember, snap applications. I mean, applications. Everybody, yes. everybody's got to try, right? Because some idiot in the back room is like, look at the market. People need to find jobs. We yeah. can help them find jobs. And it's like, well, you don't understand the problem in the first place. It has to fail. Otherwise, millennials and Gen Zs will haunt me for the rest of my life, <laughs> telling telling me how I was so wrong uh, about TikTok. However, you mentioned uh, you know how it wasn't going to work. They're they're doing something I think is really smart. Uh, this may or may not. This probably will affect our space at some point. But get ready for Byte Plus Recommend. Uh, this is a product from TikTok's parent company, ByteDance. Uh, with Byte Plus Recommend, entrepreneurs and developers will get access to TikTok's recommendation engine, which is pretty good, by the way. I don't know, Chad, if you've seen this or not, but it's a pretty <laughs> it's a pretty good algorithm. Uh, the adoption of which could impact businesses' success globally. No ship. According to the Byte Plus website, after implementing Byte Plus Recommend, Singapore-based travel app WeGo enjoyed a 40% increase in conversions. We've talked a lot on the show about how, how uh, poor many of the job site recommendation engines are. Just this week, I was recommended for a job at McDonald's, again, from Glassdoor. I don't know what the universe is telling me with that. Uh, but anyway, so... Who will be the first to plug in TikTok's algorithm into job search? Well, like maybe it's just TikTok itself. I don't know. Get your popcorn ready. What are your thoughts? Yeah, I, I think that it's genius with regard to short form video. Uh, the signal liquidity that TikTok has after half an hour of being on the app is more than some platforms get in a year. Mm -hmm. The only problem I see here is that you're going to have to be incredibly smart about how you would even implement this because this is all focused on short form video. Mm -hmm. How does it learn the signals that you're actually getting. I mean, that that's the thing. So do I think it could work? Yeah, but in certain segments. And you really have to, you're going to have to engineer your business toward the algorithm. Yeah, I mean, you're totally right. And, and you'd have to look under the hood to know exactly how this thing works and what it, uh, like what exactly can you plug it into? But for jobs, I mean, it makes sense to say, hey, what kind of jobs are you clicking on? We'll show you more of those jobs or put those higher on the list. What do you, what, what companies you're applying to? Like there are ways that you could algorithmically make job search better to be seen. It seems like Google's API for search is still a thing, but we don't hear much about it anymore. I guess companies that used it three, four years ago are still using it. Yeah. They, obviously are now focusing on making sure that they get jobs right. As they should be. Pay-per-click dollars, baby. Amen. <sighs> we out. We out. Thank you for listening to, what's it called? A podcast. The chat. The cheese. Brilliant. They talk about recruiting. They talk about technology. But most of all, they talk about nothing. Just a lot of shout-outs of people you don't even know. And yet, you're listening. It's incredible. And not one word about cheese. Not one. Cheddar. Blue. Nacho. Pepper Jack. Swiss. So many cheeses. And not one word. So weird. Anywho, be sure to subscribe today on iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. That way, you won't miss an episode. And while you're at it, visit www.chatcheese.com. Just don't expect to find any recipes for grilled cheese. It's so weird. We out! You've got questions, we've got answers. Business leadership, ownership, and sales can be challenging. Tune into the Accelerate Your Business Growth podcast to learn from the world's experts. Join me, your host, Diane Helbig, as I chat with people who have expertise in various areas of business. You'll enjoy the lively conversations that are focused on providing you with the ideas, tips, and suggestions you need to realize greater success. Get what you need for your business when you need it from the people who have the answers. Accelerate Your Business Growth is part of the Evergreen Podcast Network, and is available on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your favorite podcast.